0: Coming up today on The Story.
1: I don't know why, exactly how it started, but we started to pray for people who couldn't have children.
2: We didn't think that uh, our experience necessarily proved it was going to (laughs) work. But um, anyway, we prayed. Over the next uh, probably six years, there were 18 different couples who were in similar situations. We prayed with them. They immediately got pregnant. The The Story.
0: G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we're going to hear from a couple that knows a thing or two about having a long-lasting, strong relationship. You see, Malcolm and Suzanne White have been married for over 50 years and have a passion for helping other couples. So, what does it take to have a love that lasts a lifetime? We'll find out today as Malcolm and Suzanne share their story. They're chatting with Eric Scatterboat from their home in the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Malcolm and Suzanne, welcome to the
3: program.
2: Thank you. Hello, good to be here.
3: Glad to have you with us, and let's start with you, Malcolm, before we get to your marriage relationship. What was life like before you met Suzanne? Where were you born and raised?
2: I was actually born uh, at Lilydale and uh, enjoyed uh, living on uh, a farm, then went off to boarding school and uh, then I went back and worked in the family business for a while and then went on to university. And at the end of the university time, I was about coming up 25, I went and backpacked through India for three months. Oh, wow. And in uh, one week of that time, I, I stayed with some missionaries in Pune, mainly because I could get a cheap accommodation. Uh, but uh, it turned out um, I observed Christianity, without Western middle-class trappings, and that was really a life-changing experience. Even though previously Mm. I'd made a commitment at the Billy Graham Crusade in 59, it was that contact in India that really was transforming.
3: Now, was Suzanne at that conference with Billy Graham as well?
1: Well, I was there, but we didn't know each other. In fact, we never met for another seven years. Oh, wow. And I'd grown up on a dairy farm in Gippsland and um, one of eight children, right bang in the middle. So I learned a few um, ways of living or functioning, not necessarily the most healthy, but, Mm. um, yeah, family life was pretty um, raucous, I guess, in many ways. Difficult, but also... um, it was there that I, I became a Christian, and, and that that um, first first love of, of Jesus was really the thing that has been the catalyst in my life.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that growing up, your relationship with your father was a bit stormy, and that had an influence on your relationship with Malcolm years later. Is that right?
1: Well, that's true. It had a, an effect on our relationship in the sense that our communication, or my communication, was very much... Um, affected by a domineering father and I ha- I'd learned a way of of functioning which was to close down or close off rather than to speak out. That's changed. <laughs> it's changed over the years.
3: Well, let's get Malcolm's perspective on this.
2: Well, in the early years of marriage, uh, I found that uh, um, if there looked like there was a bit of a difference of opinion, conflict, uh, and we are um, two strong-willed people, um, Suzanne would go very quiet. And sometimes we'd lie in bed for two or three hours and, in which I'd been seeking just to gently coax Suzanne to share what was bothering her mm. um, and that it would assure her that it was safe to do that. And gradually over the years, um, she uh, learned to overcome that and to be... Yeah, more uh, at ease you know, in the whole situation to be able to share her viewpoint.
3: So that's interesting to note that sometimes relationships in our family of origin, you know, the family that we grew up in, sometimes those relationships have an impact on our marriage relationships later on in life. But let's uh, go back and find out, how did the two of you meet in the first place?
1: I was living at the um, Q Baptist Youth Hostel, which gave um, accommodation to people both Interstate and um, overseas And uh, that's where I met Mel
2: yes. Sue was uh, at Teachers College at the time And uh, I was working in the city But living still up in the Yarra Ranges And I took on a master's degree at Melbourne Uni In business administration mm-hmm. And uh, at the time um, I needed some accommodation quickly Down in the city because of uh, the extra hours I was having to put in and heard about the hostel so I went there and uh, so we we met at what was a very opportune time because doing that MBA they taught some excellent tools of management and leadership and business skills but I wrestled with an underlying philosophy that I couldn't quite put my finger on and realized that my own Christian understanding was fairly limited, and so in the midst of doing all that work study, I was also searching for a deeper understanding of God and it was in that context that I met Suzanne and she helped me actually to uh, think through some of those issues.
1: Okay yeah it was it was um, a learning time for me as well, but it was the beginning of what's well, been a, a partnership really, a time together not just in in marriage, but also in um, what we did in our marriage, being called into the ministry was really, um, it's been a partnership all along and um, a lot of fun, a lot of challenges in it. But, um, yeah, that started actually the first Sunday we were home after our honeymoon. Um, We were in church and um, the preacher said, if God should call you, to go anywhere, wherever it is, are you prepared to go? And we both stood up, independent in the sense of each other, but we both did it together, and that's been what life's been like, I suppose. Um, God has called both of us, and we both responded to him. Mel went into MBI the next year, and I followed a year later.
3: So both of you, individually, but it turns out at the same time, said, yes, I will go into full-time ministry wherever or whenever to serve the Lord.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep.
2: Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> Although there was a bit of a wrestle, because um, eventually the Lord made it clear that He was calling me not to go back into the business world, but to mm. go into ministry and the ordained ministry, and which was back then, um, for me, the Methodist church. And when I'd finished my training and the Methodist Conference was making a decision where they'd uh, send us, um, Suzanne was saying, yes, Lord, I'll go anywhere, but not to Sunshine. Um,
3: <laughs> and, uh, so,
1: um, guess where we ended up?
2: <laughs> we ended up at
1: Sunshine.
3: So you ended up in the very place you didn't want to go.
1: Well, that's right, but then that was part of the learning I had to do, hmm. <laughs> being submitted to God's will. And the places we often don't want to to go to, or the play, or the things we don't want to do, we can learn a lot from those. We mm-hmm. we um, ended up uh, moving up to um, Springwood in the Blue Mountains to New South Wales. Some years later, and um, you know, I can remember the drive up the Hume Highway. Um, I was crying my eyes out, thinking I'll never see my you know family again mm. for a long time, or. Um, Because back in those days, we didn't have mobile phones and we didn't have the finances to go back any time we wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we were 20 years in um, New South Wales, but that 20 years was um, a great learning experience and many amazing things happened as a result.
3: Yeah, you went through some hard times, is that right?
1: That's right, yeah, yeah. One of the um,
2: uh, real um, tough times, I guess, was... um, Uh, during the time of having babies. This was in the 1970s. Um, Sue went through seven pregnancies. The first was a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. The second was a little boy born prematurely and he lived just a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third was a little girl that we almost lost, but uh, she's now a healthy woman of 48 years. 49. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: The the next one was... um, Well, it was another miscarriage, but it was almost fatal. Um, Mm. And uh, uh, Sue actually prayed and just uh, committed uh, myself and our our little baby girl to uh, the Lord, thinking that that was possibly the end for her. Mm. Then the, the next one was a healthy girl. Then the one after that was another little boy, and he was premature, stillborn. And then finally, there was another girl. So out of the seven, we have three daughters. But uh, something very special happened, particularly when the second little boy, Jonathan, was born. And Sue might like to share this.
1: Yeah, that, this was an interesting one because um, we've learned, for example, when Justin, our first child, was born, um, we learned to talk about him in times when people didn't normally um, talk about their lost children. Mm. And so we named him, we talked about him, and that made it um, helpful for not just us, but for other people as well. But when I went into um, labor with um, Jonathan, the Lord really spoke to me the next morning, and he said, I want you to praise me in this situation. My first response was, I don't want to do that. I, mm. I feel sad and because it had been the day after we lost him. But God said to me, I thought you said you'd given your heart to me, if you don't start to praise me in this situation you'll end up with self pity and bitterness. Hmm. Do you want that? And um my response was no. And so despite the pain, despite the difficulties in that situation we did I did start to praise him and um and that was a real release.
2: That, that same morning, while Sue was experiencing that, I had driven home. At that time, we were living down on the morning Peninsula, mm-hmm. and uh, um, after the birth the night before. And and that morning, I was driving back to the city on the Nepean Highway at Seaford. Uh, I was driving along and thinking about what had just happened and, and I guess, uh, talking to the Lord um, about it a bit. And there was a sense of the presence of God just falling on me. It was just an amazing experience, Mm. and uh, all I could do was just praise the Lord. That experience, that feeling, that sense of God's presence just stayed with me. Um, I arrived at the hospital and jumped in the the lift to go up. I wanted to share it with Sue. I walked into the ward, took one look at her and realised I didn't need to. Mm.
1: So that was, um, I guess, the beginning or the learning for us or for me, um, for both of us, Mm -hmm. that... In all situations, we can praise God because He will work for good.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, Malcolm and Suzanne White are retracing their life journey together. And as we just heard, they've gone through their share of Of difficult experiences However next we're going to find out How God has used those difficult experiences To help others All that and more when we return The story If this program has highlighted Something you'd like prayer for We'd love to pray for you Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME That's 1-800-772-936 It's a free call Or text 0401 132 888 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Malcolm and Suzanne White who've been married for over 50 years and are sharing their life journey. Before the break, we heard how their faith was tested when Suzanne had several miscarriages. Now, we're going to hear the surprising way that God uses those experiences for good. I don't know
1: why, exactly how it started, but we started to pray for people who couldn't have children.
2: Mm-hmm. This is about six years after yeah. our last one was born. Mm-hmm. We'd moved up to Springwood in the Blue Mountains. We had quite a large church there, and there were a lot of young couples.
3: Were you and the pastor we, then?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I mentioned something about what we'd experienced um, having children in one of the services, and at the end of the service, a young couple came forward and said, look, we've been trying to have a baby, but we can't. We've tried everything. Would you pray for us? And we thought, well, okay. Um, We didn't think that uh, our experience necessarily proved it was going to (laughs) work. But um, Hmm. anyway, we prayed. And the very next opportunity, they got pregnant and had a little healthy little boy. News got got around the congregation, as you could imagine. Yeah. Over the next uh, probably six years, there were 18 different couples who were in similar situation. We prayed with them. I immediately got pregnant.
1: There was one lot had twins and one lot had triplets. Oh, wow. Yes. So our girls did say, hey, Dad and Mom, just specify one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> but we do actually have twins in our grandchildren. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, wow. So how have all of these challenges kind of brought you together stronger as a couple?
1: We just, It just has because it's a shared experience. Mm-hmm. Um, shared memories, shared awareness of God's grace and mercy and, and um, love that he's, he's given us. Yeah, it's knitted us together in, amazingly, I guess. Yeah,
2: yeah, the shared bit. And it's, it's interesting now at this stage of our life, um, part of the enjoyment of life and what I think generally referred to as the, the um, golden stage of marriage, if you can get this far, and a significant part of it is, is all the, the memories that we share and, mm-hmm, yeah. and uh, uh, the goals that we've picked together and uh, the, the lessons we've learned from the things that, that didn't work as well as mm-hmm. the things that did. But it's a matter of keeping your focus. You see, um, we each have what we've called um, our mission statement, and it goes right back to the beginning of our marriage and a uh, sense of God calling us. For me... It's from Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be dealt with, mm-hmm. whatever those other things are. And, and for
1: me, it was in Joshua 24, 15, where it says, choose today whom you will serve. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And in in that aspect, what we did with our children, how we educated our children at home, they went to school, but... We believe that parents are the most important educators of children, and so whatever was done at home was done with those things in mind. Mm-hmm. And so we saw our children come through to the Lord, making professions of faith at various stages in their um, and at various ages. You know, from three years old up to when they finally decided, as teenagers, um, to be baptized. And um, their marriage partners, we prayed for their their husbands to be. Mm-hmm. We prayed yeah. for them from the time the kids were really little. And um, uh, so we've seen each of the girls come to um, that point where their their husbands are all committed Christians and their, their children are growing up in half of the 12 grandchildren we have have already followed um, the Lord in, in baptism. Oh, wow. they, they're choosing, um, in fact, the others will, I'm pretty sure, in <laughs> and, and the years that lie ahead. So it's wonderful to see that the shared experiences have really um, had an impact mm-hmm. on what's happening now, and in, not just in our lives, but in our children's lives.
3: And you shared with me before we started to record that you never considered divorce an option.
1: No, divorce isn't. We we knew we went in knowing that divorce is not an option for us, mm-hmm. and so if divorce is not an option, we knew that there would be difficult times because there always is because yeah. we're imperfect mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and I knew I had issues that I had to deal with and so we decided well what are we going to do to make life really um, exciting because marriage needs to be exciting and we need to keep the freshness there and the the fun and, and um, the uh, great joy there. Mm
2: -hmm. One of the things that we did right uh, over the years in ministry was uh, we always set aside time to be together. Each week I had a day off usually on a Monday and uh, we'd go go out somewhere and have uh, a bit of lunch or or whatever. um, Picnic. um, And uh, spending time together. Mm -hmm. Another that is really important uh, an area that uh, we didn't necessarily think this is what we're going to do but we did it and that is um, and developing positive self-talk, uh, the things you think about, about your spouse. Now, when you have a, a disagreement, often uh, a couple individually can go off and be thinking about it and think about the, the wrong things about their partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found that I needed to uh, uh, discipline myself in that way and To count the blessings. What are the blessings? What are the good things that I see in my Mm. life? And uh, to focus on those.
3: Oh, Um, so if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying if you find yourself thinking negative thoughts about your spouse, to stop it and to think of the blessings and the good things about your spouse. Is that kind of what you're saying?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Mind you, Suzanne, from time to time, did things that, that helped that process. <laughs> um, there was one occasion when uh, I was um, in the process of getting a new car, changing a car over, and uh, the uh, car people were taking a long time to, to get this car. And uh, on this particular occasion, I was sitting in my study, which was in the front of the house, on the phone, and talking to this salesman and uh, really giving him a bit of a rev up because... Uh, I wasn't very pleased with what was happening and then I looked up and uh, Suzanne had been off shopping somewhere mm-hmm. and she happened to see uh, something in a shop window and thought oh that could be interesting, Malcolm might like that and so I looked up and there's this uh, gorgeous woman with high heels on and a skimpy blue bikini just standing <laughs> in the doorway and um, at that point, I think these car salesmen wonder what happened because my tone changed totally, I'm told. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, uh, we finished the conversation very
3: quickly. Your attitude somehow changed after seeing her.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, That's right. But it sure helps the self-talk. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: One of the things we're finding ourselves now in this part of our life is... Um, we're doing a lot more laughing than we did.
3: Oh, that's good. Um,
1: now we, we started off laughing, mm-hmm. but you go through times when there's stresses, and and the church politics can have a bearing on that. And and in our situation, and um, and the girls, you know, needing the attention, and and sometimes you know not being that helpful. Mm. But uh, but we're finding now that with all those stresses. We don't have any more that they've been relieved. You might say mm-hmm. that we're doing a lot more laughing than we have we had for perhaps some crucial times in our life.
3: But mm.
1: yeah, and that's been great to to have that happen again.
3: Well, the Bible says laughter is the best medicine. So enjoy yeah, enjoy right. that medicine. Now, unfortunately, we're quickly running out of time. But I want to share the rest of the story, Suzanne. You're not only happily married in a strong marriage but you went on to become a family and relationship counselor helping other people in their relationships and marriage is that right
1: that's correct yes I did I, I, I was a trained counselor and um, for I guess 15 20 years mm-hmm. um, and um, I really gave that up as we when we came back to Victoria I Malcolm and I were appointed to um, a church in a, a dual capacity so the two of us had the 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 um, responsibility and my role changed there from really being a family counsellor to becoming a pastoral care worker mm-hmm. which is quite different.
2: The difference between a counsellor and a pastoral care worker is that people come to the counsellor saying oh, I've got a problem. Um, in pastoral care often the pastor goes to the people knowing they have a problem but they haven't stated that yet. have oh, okay. have recognised it and you yeah. can't do much about it until they do recognize it.
3: Yeah. Now we should say, Malcolm, you went on to be a theological college lecturer for several years. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, from Springwood, I went and uh, worked for a, a number of years with the Bible College in Sydney. And, uh, yeah, that that was great. It was um, a different focus to some extent in ministry, mm-hmm. um, dealing with um, teaching a number of subjects, one of which was marriage and family. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. that. That was great because the classes were never just theory for the simple reason that everybody in the class, in some way or other, had experienced family and um, marriage, whether theirs or, or their parents right. or whatever. Right. And uh, we found that it was uh, both a learning thing but also, um, in many instances, a healing process mm. in those classes. It was really quite a, a dynamic time.
3: And one that I thoroughly enjoyed. And we should say that one of your students is somebody that many of our listeners would know, Bible teacher Bernie Diamond.
1: That's right, yes. yeah. We yeah. Love, love Bernie and Jackie. <laughs>
3: so when you're hearing him on the radio, do you think, oh, I probably taught him that? Or <laughs>
1: <laughs> we happened to be in a, in a motel at um, Mount Gambia one day. Mm-hmm. Bernie was um, uh, an elder at our church at the Church in the Marketplace at Bondi Junction when we were there. Mm-hmm. And we we were on holidays going over to see our daughter in, in Adelaide, and it had been a bit of a rough night, and all of a sudden at 6 o'clock in the morning, this noise comes on the radio, the radio and it's person speaking, and we suddenly thought, our elder is speaking to us in the middle <laughs> <laughs> of the morning. <laughs> wow. That was great, though, yeah.
3: Wow, so... That's just one example of a legacy, obviously, the legacy of your children, your grandchildren, and then the students that Malcolm taught, including Bernie Diamond. Uh, It's just a wonderful legacy of your relationship with both each other and with the Lord.
2: That's right, yeah. Yeah.
1: And there's still more things we're going to learn, I'm pretty sure, over the next few years, too. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, thank you, Malcolm and Suzanne, for sharing your story with us today.
1: It's a pleasure. Love doing it.
0: That was Malcolm and Suzanne White having a chat with Eric Scatterbo, and reflecting on their life journey together as a couple. And as we heard, they've both had wonderful times together, as well as some very challenging times. But through it all, their faith has been their firm foundation, and they've always been guided by their life Bible verses. For Malcolm, it was Matthew six thirty-three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And for Suzanne, it was Joshua twenty four fifteen. Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So these are the Bible verses that have provided guiding principles for their lives and have helped them navigate through various challenges. Well, how about you? Do you have a life verse or verses that provide direction and comfort for you? If not, it's something to reflect on as you read God's Word. Just ask yourself, what verse has played a significant role in my life and in guiding my faith? Once you find it, write it on the front of your Bible or have it posted in a prominent place in your home so you can refer to it many times as a kind of North Star to give you direction. It's just one of the many ways that God's Word can help and guide our lives. Well, thanks for joining us for Malcolm and Suzanne White sharing their story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. We both had serious drinking problems, and I'm talking seriously serious. And that just led to one conflict after another. It's not a good mix when you've got volatile personalities and alcohol. That didn't bode well for our marriage. But interestingly, even though we separated three times, there was obviously still an underlying love there, which kept us together. Jeff Ball says that after 20 years of a turbulent marriage and three separations, his relationship with his wife, Virginia, was in tatters. That's when she asked if he'd be prepared to see a Christian counsellor. And that was the beginning of an amazing turnaround in their lives. We'll hear Jeff and Virginia's remarkable story next time. The The Story